Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Mayor, Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year, Joel. I'm happy to be back on with you again here in 2022. Can you believe it's already the 21st of January? Yesterday you delivered the state of the city uh, at WQLN. Boy, they boy they really uh, serve the public so well up there. Tom New and their their crew, right? I mean, they really do, and they made me feel very welcome there. I've I've done it every year since the year I was elected originally, and uh, so I think this is my fifth year of doing it, and I I really enjoy it. They do a great job. Absolutely. So um, if is there a phrase or a sentiment, if you were to look at the city in 2022 from 30,000 feet, what would you say, how would you describe where Erie is right now? I think COVID is slowing us down a little bit, but in the background, there's a lot going on. And as soon as we can get COVID under control, I think the city of Erie is going to explode with good things going on. You know, I really do agree with you. I, I honestly feel like it's 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 almost like uh, remember they said never put your f- a foot on the brake and the gas at the same time, and you're like yes. jerking. Yes. You know, there there is yes. there's a there's a lot of our momentum that's getting stymied by COVID, and you, and when you feel like hey, we could take off the brake and and move forward. You know, they they did that beautiful. Um, Ribbon cutting at the hundred plus million dollar Erie Insurance Tower, and then there's like very few people in it, right? They're trying to get their yeah. their guys to come back, and you know the yes. war- the Warner is opening on Sunday, you know, and yes. it's so amazing. But you know, it's it's just it's just been like yeah, you know, stops yeah. and starts. Yeah. I agree with and, you. you know, what's going What's going on in the four blocks just north of Perry Square too, with what the EDDC is doing? Three of them. It, it you know, there's millions and millions of dollars going in there, and, and that new flagship city food hall, which has about nine different uh, uh, restaurants, yeah. all under the same roof, and it's it's just an incredible. I've never been in anything like that before in Erie. It's an incredible place. I've been there six times already, <laughs> and I'll keep going back. <laughs> I'm still trying to get to that noodle place. Every time I go, it's like thirty minute, uh, sixty minute wait. It's very popular, you know. Yeah. <laughs> The thing I miss, I love pizza. I haven't been able to get, when I'm there for lunch, they're typically not open. Right. So I, I right. need to get, I've heard great things about their pizza. I'm looking forward to tasting it. It is very good. We we uh, spent <sighs> a, a Tuesday night there <laughs> with a <the> pizza. <laughs> so right. actually two pizzas. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, you, you right at the top of your uh, state of the city address, you, you mentioned your family. And really the family, your family has had to, be in this journey with you on this thing because it's they they're sacrificing a lot they sure are and i don't think any of us anticipated how much of my time and energy being mayor would take uh, a lot of times i'm gone before they get up in the morning i get home about around bedtime that stays a little bit with covid19 because i there haven't been as many evening meetings i have to go to but they're starting to to start up again and i, I really thank my wife Rhonda and my three kids jamie jody and joe because not only do they support me like emotionally but they also do things for me they help me with things it's uh it's I'm, I'm really blessed with the family i've got so i would imagine that the pace of this job is quite a bit more accelerated than the banking job especially at the end of the season right i mean 
it, it really, really is. Uh, I can tell you, I worked hard at the bank too. And there were times Rhonda put her foot down back then too. Where <laughs> I was working too much and I needed yeah. to spend, but I usually didn't have as much, like weekends, I usually have something going on every Saturday and Sunday. And every once in a while, Rhonda will say, don't schedule anything this weekend. I'll say, okay, I won't. So yeah, right at the top of the show, we want to say, Hey, thank you, Rhonda, and thank you, the family. All right, so um, uh, you've got you've got a, a pretty strong fifth floor there. Why don't you point out uh, some some of the the players there? Because it, yes. you know, remarkably, you're in your second term, and it's been pretty stable. It has been. We haven't had much turnover at all, and I really give a lot of credit for our success to Renee Lamus. Uh, uh, you know, she worked on my campaign. She was kind of the lead of my campaign back four years ago when I ran for the first time. And she is incredible. There's no one I've ever worked with who works as hard or cares as much as Renee does. Uh, Kathy Rosnick, you know, we, we created the city's first ever planning department. Mm-hmm. City never had a planning department. They, they lived Amazing. a year at a time, it seems like. But Kathy has done outstanding work. Michael Outlaw and Nika Starry Carpenter. You know, Michael is an African-American. Nika Nastari Carpenter is a new American. She's been an American for about 11 years now. They work hard every day. And what they're trying to do is mainly eliminate racism and prejudice in the area. And I really, really appreciate that. Uh, Aaron Lonke, he's one of the younger guys on my staff. And he is just doing, organizing incredible events and putting information uh, into in resources for people. Frank Stramella is another re- relatively young member of the, of the team. I always say I'm the only old guy on the whole mayor's <laughs> team. <laughs> but Frank is really doing a lot with social media. Yeah. And uh, we greatly really- appreciate Frank here as, as a member of the media. He just really makes things smooth, you know. Uh, yeah, he makes- really communicates. Wait, by the way, today is Frank's birthday. <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Frank. <laughs> Otherwise known as the town, fri- uh, town crier, you know. Town crier, yes, he does that role as well. Yeah. Uh, we have two really good administrative assistants, uh, Margie Bruce, who kind of mm-hmm. handles all my calls and everything, and Kat Blair, who works a lot with, with Renee. Uh we also have a Moss Sela who runs our Citizens Response Center. You know, that number, by the way, is 814-870-1111. Something Anybody tells me that the... he's busy this week. Y- yes. <laughs> he has been busy with the snow. A, yes. lot of, a lot of questions about the snow. So, you know, again, I'm really blessed w- with a great staff. And uh, I, I started out saying, you know, I might be able to uh, accomplish 20% of what we do. This was a couple years ago. And now, eventually, now I only say I might be able to accomplish 5% of what we accomplished without my team. Um, And, of course, it goes beyond just the mayor's staff, too. We've got a lot of great employees at City Hall. I, I want I want you to to kind of talk about the losses to COVID-19. I'm not sure people really understand, but it was a pretty devastating time because two the two police officers who died of COVID – uh, were like one after another, and that had to yes. be shocking to the to the force. Yeah, in just the last three or four months or so, we've lost three C employees to COVID nineteen. Two were police officers, fifty six year old Sergeant Gary Tacone, and he he was recognized for his heroism, and forty seven year old Jason Belton. He was one of the beloved downtown bicycle cops. Everybody knew him and talked to him. And the third person we lost w- was Dana Stovall. Uh, Dana was only 59 years old. He's he's a guy that moved around City Hall a lot, delivering stuff, picking stuff up. 
but he always had a smile on his face. He always gave a pleasant greeting to everyone he interacted with. And uh, it's still hard for me to believe that those three guys are gone now. Let's move on to your mission, uh, build opportunity, restore hope, transform Erie, and the vision of being a community of choice in your your five uh, uh, key uh, outcomes. Uh, and we do have this, uh, you know, achieving uh, a vision or act, uh, you know, that you're trying to do with the with the strategic plan. Do you want to kind of encapsulize uh, how you're feeling about the plan? Yeah, I feel like we're making a lot of really good progress with the plan. There's a lot of things we're talking about right now. Uh, we haven't really made any, any decisions, but could really, really move very forward a lot faster. Than even that's one of the things I want to do with my team. You know, we accomplished a lot in the first four years, but we were also learning as we went. Now we've been through it for four years. I'm hoping we can really pick up the pace of the change. Yeah. And this change isn't just change. It's change for improvement to make the city better. One other thing I want to say kind of at, at this level is as mayor, I'm always committed to being open, honest, transparent, and accessible. Uh, that's why I do things like the monthly show with you. I want people to, you know, not be afraid to ask me questions. You sometimes ask me tough questions. That never bothers me. I think that's good. It makes me think about things and, and work through it. So again, the mission, vision, uh, and my team, you know, we're, we're going to move Erie forward, and I think we're getting better and better at it. Yeah, again, I, 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 let's not uh, give short shrift to these. To celebrate our rich cultural diversity, welcoming vibrant neighborhoods, world-class downtown and bayfront, excellent education for everyone, and abundance of family-sustaining jobs. Who can't be behind those? But, boy, those are heavy lifts, Mayor. And, and again, you're five years at this. I, I know we've made some progress, but there's still a lot to go. There absolutely is a lot to go for sure. You're absolutely right. But, and we're maintaining that same mission and vision and trying to find better ways to move forward on it. Let's jump in on the police department. 52,126 calls for yeah. assistance. And uh, yes. yeah, ju- jump in on that. And, and uh, what, are, what, are, what, is, what are your takeaways for what's happening with the Bureau of Police? Yeah, I mean, that is, they get a lot of calls, and a lot of them aren't just, you, you answer it, solve it, move on. No. A lot of them are the beginning of a lot of work to try to figure things out. So uh, they've also, they also started uh, recording videos. Uh, all officers have a video camera, and, and all the cars they drive have video cameras. And that was really um, a big initiative that you brought to the table here. That was the, the, the right. whole body cam thing. Yeah, we implemented it about a year and a half ago. It was like July 3rd of uh, 2020. And so 2021 was a full year of it. And they recorded 93,807 videos. And some of them were very, very uh, effective uh, doing things like they show illegal actions that occurred. They show suspects resisting arrest. They also show officers engaging in heroic actions like providing first aid to people, CPR, and comforting victims of crime and accidents. So that that's been very. It's just given us a lot of great information. Uh, you you uh, point out here in the state of the city that uh, the two uh, areas of crime that you that bring concern are shots fired and actual injuries by by gun yeah. violence. And yeah. um, it, it's in the paper all the time, and we're we're all yes. concerned by it. Uh, you know, it would be it would be good, and and I know you're going to talk about this 
of you know yeah. of 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 really using those burn grants and some of that other money, right? To to jump Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. That you that know. will that will definitely be a huge help to us going forward. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm proud of is that almost every type of major crime in Erie went down in 2021, except for the two you mentioned. And for instance, uh, we we had 311 shootings in Erie. That's not just one shot fired. That's 311 times there were shootings going on somewhere in Erie. That's almost one a day on average. And we had 72 people shot which means about every five days on average, we'd have somebody shot. Now, sometimes there are multiple people shot right. the same same night, but those are just way too high. And we have to, we have to get that under control. And we can talk more later about something we're, we're putting into effect to try to make that happen. You know, again, our, our listeners are, are highly uh, informed and uh, we, we need to make sure that we make a distinction here that what we're experiencing in Erie with gun violence is not what's happening uh, in other larger communities like in L.A. or New York or Chicago where where the police are not engaging. The police are fully engaged. It's just that we've got too many bad actors out on the street right now, Mayor. Absolutely. And this isn't a unique problem to Erie, as you're mentioning. Really, in the larger cities, there's much more of this going on than what's going on in Erie. Yeah. But we're, our concern is Erie, and that's what we're addressing and trying to correct. Talk about the uh, – and, and you're, you're mentioning one of my cousins, Jamie Russo, here. But uh, the, the – uh, you know, this building relationships with community members. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, uh, for years, our police department has been primarily white men. Uh, and that, that kind of just – move down generation to generation. We're trying to integrate our police department uh, by having more minorities and more women as, as part of it. We think that's important, but it's not, a, we found it's not an easy thing to accomplish working hard on it. But Sergeant Tom Lennox and Sergeant Jamie Russo are both doing a good jobs by dealing with, starting with kids in middle school, building relationships with them, which they built incredible relationships. Tom runs the police athletic league, which we call PAL for short. Yeah. And Jamie runs the community outreach program, which we call the COP program for short. And they are just building such incredibly close relationships with about 600 students in Erie's public schools. And in Erie public schools, many of those students are minorities or new children of new Americans. Uh, and so I think they're really making a huge potential difference by what they're doing with, with, with all these students. And I had an opportunity to experience that in, in December I went uh, one one December evening for about three hours. I traveled around the east side with Sergeant Lennox and two other police officers. They were delivering small presents to many of their the students they work with, and almost all of them were on Erie's Lower East Side. Mm. Vast majority, again, were, were minorities. It was just amazing to see the strong bonds that existed between the three police officers and these kids. Uh, the uh, it, it just was very po positive, and I think says good things about Erie's future. You know, one of the things I always tried to do after the – and the kids always had to shake hands with the, every right. police officer that sure. was there. And, I, you know, I would ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I can tell you at least 40% of them said they want to be police officers. Wow. These are young people of color, young girls saying they want to be police officers. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. And I, 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 you know, uh, again, we've had so many conversations with you and your staff about, uh, you know, minority recruits into uh, into the police uh, department, and this is quite a, an amazing, uh, you know, outcome 
again, you you were reporting that uh, uh, you know in recruiting, the number of minority candidates taking the 2021 police exam has increased to 30 percent. That's unheard yes. of before right. these yes. uh, efforts. You know, one of the things we saw the first couple of years I was in office was uh, there was a couple percent maybe of minorities wow. or women take, taking the test. We set a goal. Let's, let's try to get it to 15 percent. That seemed like a huge goal for us. But what Tom Lennox spends a lot of time now, a lot of his time is spent going into high schools, building relationships and recruiting kids to, to take the test. So the fact that we doubled our goal in yeah. last year and got to 30 percent minorities taking the test, we were very happy about that. And we will be hiring a lot more minorities in, over the next year or two here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're able to expand your bandwidth. Uh, talk about where SPCP uh, is, the Strengthening Police Community Partnership Council. That still remains the largest group of people on my show all at once uh, ever. <laughs> you, you didn't know that. I mean, literally, my Zoom, uh, my Zoom grid had to go to two pages for everybody that came on that show. But uh, – yeah. That was led by Michael Outlaw. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, SBCP Council, you know, we formed that back in 2018, my first year in office. And uh, basically, the U.S. Department of Justice was trying to change this program, get it going better. And they chose us as the pilot city for Strengthening Police Community Partner Council. And it's called SBCP for short. I was really impressed. In fact, they've been doing it in other cities as well. What's impressed them about what we're doing is we keep growing it every year. So they came back last year, three years after starting it, because they wanted to learn how are we doing this so they can take that to other cities. And uh, so this was in May of 2021 when attorney Stephen Kaufman came back to Erie, and he presented us with a commendation for what we did. But then what he really wanted to do is learn, how are you guys doing this? How are you keeping it going? How are you growing it? And they're planning to take what they learned from us other cities that they're working with to build better police community relationships. That's beautiful. Let's uh, turn to fire here. And, and again, uh, a lot of calls, 6,500 yeah. calls for uh, Joe Walco and his team at the yeah. uh, EFD. Uh, and again, yes. they're always going out for they something. Are always going out. The medical and calls and all that, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one of the things I've learned. The vast majority of their calls and every firefighter in the city of Erie has, has all the certifications to help people with medical problems. And the vast majority, I would say maybe I'm kind of guessing, but about 80 percent of their calls aren't related to a fire at all, but it's related to helping somebody that's having a medical problem of some kind. Uh, and I was riding with the Erie. I took a day uh, last year and rode with the Erie Ambulance Service. And one of the calls that the ambulance I was writing out got was a man whose uh, heart had stopped on Erie's Lower East Side. Oh, and the firefighters got there before the ambulance, which they always do because, you know, there are six firehouses around and they, they're close. And I was – I learned a lot that day because we got there. They had already been working on this man. They tried to get his heart going to get him breathing again for, for probably at least 10 or 15 minutes. They worked for another half hour. While we were there, and, and of course, the, the ambulance people got involved as well. But our firefighters were so committed to trying to bring this guy back to life, get him breathing. They worked on him for 30 minutes without any hesitation. I actually got to just hold some things they needed me to hold to help wow. a little bit in that way. Uh, it, they, they worked in, incredibly, and I, I, 
I can tell you, I, I, I got a brand new respect for our firefighters and what they do. Cause that takes a huge toll on you. If you lose a life, hundred percent. Now you, you said you uh, did some surveying of the firehouses and yes. uh, there's some, there's some maintenance that needs to happen. It sounds like there really is. I was uh, really disappointed. Renee Lamus and I went around last summer and looked at uh, the, the six firehouses and, and there's also another firehouse where they repair things, a, a seventh one. Mm-hmm. And all of them had some serious things they, they needed like, uh, at one of the firehouses, uh, they don't have much hot water. And so when they come home, if they if they wash their clothes, because, you know, stuff gets dirty when you're out fighting a fire. Sure. If they wash their clothes first, they have to wait 45 minutes or an hour for the water to heat back up before they can take a shower and clean themselves oh, up or vice word. versa. So there, there's things like that. There's leaks. There's, you know, just bad sealing of windows. Uh, so we're, we're really committed. We we divided these, uh, we rated them, I had them rank them from one to three with one being this most serious problem. Our goal is to try to get all the ones repaired by the end of this year. And right now we're still kind of accumulating, you know, how do we do it? How much money do we need? Can, can our internal people do it? Or do we need to hire somebody to come in to do it? So once we know that we'll be getting going on the ones. And again, I'd like to get all those repaired by the end of this year at the latest. Is this a deferred maintenance just because the, the city budget was so tight and, and now you have some ARP it, money to play with? Yeah, I, it act, I don't know that we're using any ARP okay. money for this, uh, but it, it, is, it is a result of just being ignored. And I think the firefighters were afraid to talk to the mayor about it, that mm. he's, he's not going to care or he's got, he's got other things to do. But I'm really glad. I wish we had done it sooner, to yeah. be honest. It was really uh, uplifting to me to go out and meet all the firefighters where they work and talk to them. And it really bothered me then when I saw the condition of these buildings as well. So we're going to we're going to fix that up for sure. Let's talk about uh, our the refugees and the new Americans. And that has slowed way down over covid and other, you know, more federal information, things that are going on. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah, Erie is a real destination, it seems like, for immigrants and refugees and uh, people that become new Americans. We have been swearing, when I first took office, we were swearing in about 500 new Americans a year. And I, I would go to all of them to welcome them. Uh, there's usually about 50, 10, 10 different uh, occurrences. Uh, of course, COVID definitely has slowed that down because we can't have as many people together now. And usually the courtroom was packed with people. Now only people being sworn in are allowed to come. And for a while, we were down to maybe 10 or 12. Now we're up to about 25 at, at the swearing-ins. Uh, and, and we're still doing 10 or 11 a year, uh, but we're not quite swearing in as many. But again, I think once COVID's under control, we can bring that up again. And that's, that's done an important job of keeping uh, Erie populated, uh, yes. not losing population. And uh, we, we're building great relationships with the new Americans. Nika Nastari Carpenter, that's her main role to help immigrants, refugees, and new Americans. Because you know, some immigrants and refugees can't speak English, mm. and it's hard to get things done. And you know, we have translation things that Nika has put in place, but she is uh, she's really doing a great job. And she and I go together to the federal courthouse to swearing in every Every uh, we, there used to be a bunch of speakers that came. There were probably seven or eight of us, but now it's just me and Nikan uh, because again, a because COVID trying COVID. to keep keep people separate. I feel very close to them because my grandparents came over from Sicily on my dad's side, 
and they didn't speak very good English. I know as a kid, I had a hard time understanding them, but it really makes me feel closer to my own grandparents uh, experiencing this and knowing what they went through. And uh, I tell, when I give a speech uh, every time, I tell them, you know, someday one of your grandchildren could be Mayor of Erie, just like what happened to me. Uh, That's I'm sure my, amazing. My grandparents never expected that, so. Well, you know what's so interesting, too, is uh, many, many of the folks that are new Americans in our in our town, you know, are starting businesses and, and they're and oh. they're growing their businesses. Yeah. And so it really not only do we depend on them for population, but we depend on, on their vibrancy uh, of commerce. Absolutely. Another thing we've learned is new Americans, refugees, new Americans, they're more likely to do the jobs that the rest of us feel too good or it's too dirty a job. I know my grandfather, what he did was he drove a garbage truck, basically a private garbage truck. But I'll tell you, he made enough money. And I have uh, three uncles and an aunt on my my dad's side. And all of them got married, had families. Their father, my grandfather, bought them each a house that they rented from him until they bought it from him. So – now, obviously, he did a good job with the garbage business. Yeah, it, it, I understand that uh, in trucking, which is a huge, um, huge need right now, along with nurses and teachers oh. and everything. But the the, yeah. the truckers, the CDL license, uh, a lot of immigrants are gravitating to that now, and yes. uh, as long haul truckers. Let's talk yeah. about the planning department, Kathy Rosdick, and there's some new um, some new programs that are bubbling up in that department. Yes, sir. I'm very uh, pleased of, of, with Kathy and, our, you know, the city never had a planning department, as I said earlier. So we, we got that going. She's done plans for uh, several Erie neighborhoods, two that she did last year. One was for Academy Marvintown neighborhood and the other was for Fairmont McClellan neighborhood. Uh, she also created some new programs. One's a property conditions database. She launched what's called Erie Groundwork Trust, and she started a program called Love Your Bank, Love Your Bra- <laughs> Love Your Block program, which is federally funded. And a lot of these are federally funded things. She's definitely going to improve the environment for Erie youth development leadership with that Groundwork Trust Erie. And the Love Your Brock program is really going to provide grants to help people with home repairs. And there's direct staff. And again, all that's funded through federal funding. So Terrific. And again, uh, we're going to talk about ARP in a little bit here. Uh, public yes. works, uh, again, uh, when I w- when we went down to the last time we saw you, well, actually a little bit before last time we saw you, we were down at the uh, at the downtown delights. And, and of course, the, your your guys at public works do a great job. Uh, and that's just one element of what they do uh, every every year. Yeah, our public works department is incredible. Chuck Zisk uh, is the head of it, and A.J. Antolik is the number two guy. The two of them just do great work. Uh, they accomplished 31 things wow. last year. And I'm, I'm not going to take time to go through many of these, maybe just one or two. But one of the ones that is most impressive to me is we never had a security system at City Hall. Anybody could walk in and go anywhere in City Hall. Wow. And we had some incidents on the upper floors and things. So we took advantage of being closed for COVID-19 to implement a security system, and it's incredible how much better that is for everybody. Uh, everybody's got to go through a metal detector when they come in. Uh, they, they've got to they've got to have an appointment or have a meeting scheduled with someone. They they can't leave the lobby until someone comes down and, and takes them up for the meeting mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's it's really really improved things and made them much safer for everyone that's in City Hall. And I can tell you, our City Hall employees are very happy with it. 
And we got uh, the Kakwa Bridge uh, knocked down. Uh, how is that all going, and is that on schedule so far? Yes, that's going very well. John Tusak, the city engineer, did a great job on that. Uh, we probably won't have – we're going to put a new bridge up that will it'd be much nicer than the bridge was there, and it will be accessible to cars as well as pedestrians. And the area looks much better now if you've been – if you I'll drive have to by go there. over there. I haven't been, yeah. It just looks so much better without that old rickety bridge there. Mm-hmm. But when we put a new one up, it's going to be transformational. But that won't happen until next summer probably. Okay. So it's probably going to be the summer of, of uh, 2023 when that happens. All righty. So, well, this gives us a good uh, break here to talk about the snowfall. Uh, what are you hearing from Public Works as far as, you know, there's a there's a lot of cars that are just – snowed in and i don't know why people just leave their cars especially when we had a little bit of a like we had the snowfall on monday we had a bit of a melt on wednesday and there's still cars that are just sitting there i don't get it yeah you're right there's not as many there are fewer uh and certain areas where for instance if they're in front of a fire hydrant we if they don't if the person doesn't move it we're going to hire somebody to move it then they're gonna have to pay to get their car back uh but we're, we're trying to be patient, I guess, with, with people. Uh, it, that snow, we haven't had a snow that bad in over four years. I think it's it true. Christmas, Christmas week of uh, 2017 was, and that was really bad. I, we had 80 inches of snow in one week that week. Was, was that, we had, I want to say that that was like right when you were inaugurated, right? It was right before I was inaugurated. It was the week before because I was inaugurated in January. (laughs) Welcome to the fifth floor. Now deal with this uh, catastrophic event, you know? Yes, yes, yes. The prior administration pretty much had the snow under control Mm -hmm. by the time I actually got sworn in. Uh, So, But I had some experience with it. I can tell you, Chuck Ziss took me on a ride uh, the day after just to see. And I I saw the problems with cars parked that – and again, a lot of them I've noticed just driving around town have have been moved, but there still are some that are exactly where they were. Uh, and as long as it's not, you know, like stopping the fire department from accessing uh, you know, a fire hydrant or something like that, we're trying to be patient with people and, and hopefully get them to move eventually. It, it's it's unfortunate that uh, the, you know there's certain neighborhoods that just don't have any off street parking, is there? I mean, and they just don't have a place to go and. But yes. Yeah. You can't a, a leave the of, car there. Yeah. It's even amazing, though, when houses have driveways, how many cars are still parked on the street? It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't get me started. Um, all right. Let's <laughs> let's go to DCE, uh, DECD and uh, the Department of Economic and uh, Community Development. Deborah Smith is is running yes. that. Yeah. They, they do a great job. They handle all our grant money that, that comes into town and, and employ it appropriately. Over the last four years, in fact, they've received grants of just over $36 million that, that they've managed. They do a great job with it. In 2021, we received just over $7.2 million in grants. Uh, and these are mainly grants targeted at helping people, low-income people, people with problems with their homes, and, and that sort of thing. Now, one of the new things we started last year was Kiva. It's K-I-V-A. It's a loan program that's targeted to help people starting new businesses. Mm. And it's particularly targeted at women, immigrants, refugees, minority-owned. But we've had men that have taken – white men that have taken advantage of it too. Uh, it's You get a loan, but you don't have to pay any interest or any kind of fees related to the loan. 
Jen Hoffman uh, in our in this department, uh, she kind of runs Kiva for the city and, and does a great job of it. Uh, you know, we didn't know how we'd be able to do with it, but last year we made 14 Kiva loans totaling $91,000. Uh, and we also contracted with Kiva for another three years uh, to keep it going. So uh, it's very, very, uh, it's a good program and it's helping people start new businesses in Erie. That's terrific. We're we're uh, getting close on time here. It's a quarter to yes. five. I want to jump to ARP if we can, Absolutely. because the city got seventy or is getting is in the process of getting seventy six million dollars. And yes. I think we I think we it would be uh, kind of good to know like where is that at? Is there is there money that's deployed now, Mayor, or is it still in the planning process? Yeah, we have a, a general plan for the whole $76 million. We've received about half of it so far. We'll receive the other half this coming summer. But is it but to the we, end user yet or not Not yet? We have started. We just actually yesterday opened up an application process for, for end users. And we can talk about that if we have time as yeah. well, what, what's available. But just to give you a kind of a breakdown about about 76 million, 20.7 million of it's going to be used for economic and community development through our, through that department. 14.6 million is going to be used available for housing rest, renovations and for first-time homebuyer assistance. Boy, that's huge considering yes. you know we have housing shortages here in Erie and uh, a lot yes. of housing uh, insecurity. Go ahead. We've we've uh, identified 12.8 million that will be used for stormwater, sanitary sewer, and wastewater infrastructure, which is a serious problem right now. Most people aren't even aware of that. There's a chance we may be able to get that from another source, and if we can, we'll move this money to something else. But oh, uh, j- just a r- quick uh, question yeah. about that: Have you gotten any indication from the infrastructure bill what kind of money might be directed to the city for for sewer? No, we have not gotten so, that. So we're talking about the ARP bucket right now. Yes. We don't yes. know the nature of the infrastructure bucket? Not, No, not. To, we don't know how much money is going to come and what it's going to be used for. But again, there's a good chance it might be used for some of this like wastewater infrastructure and that sort of thing. And then we can Here, move this. Here's hoping. <laughs> yes. Here's we hoping. ARP <laughs> yes. Another important thing we're doing is putting about $14.1 million into public safety, basically the police department. Uh, and we're going to get initiatives going like, you know, the city gets 15 to 20 calls a day for some kind of domestic violence going on in, in a city home, which is I know, it's hard to believe. Uh, and the police respond to that. 30 years ago, we had a group that in the police force that followed up on it then to try to you know, make sure it didn't happen again. Uh, unfortunately, because of cuts in funding, we, we had 30 years ago that was ended. So we're looking to start that again, and we think that group will really help with domestic violence, drug and alcohol abuse, homelessness. And, and we've got – over the course of the last year, we had about 1,100 people on the street, usually about two to 300 at a time. But so, And some people are just there for a few weeks or a couple months, and then they find a place to live. Uh, but this, this will be helping the police deal with that group, and a lot of them are – honestly, are people with mental health issues. Right. And again, this, these police will be the type of police that work with that, try to get them through that and move them forward. Is that game-changing money, like $14 million, Like you could have 
you know, when you were messing with the water sale and all that stuff, you couldn't have never imagined having this kind of cash. You're right. This I believe this is really game changing money. And it's going to also re, you know, reduce the number of shootings and the number of people shot in Erie as well. This is an wow. important part of that as well. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I like that eight million for parks and public spaces. Again, yes. the idea of quality of life, you know, yes. not looking yes. so run down sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's keep moving forward here. Um, yeah. Talk about the uh, the DEI project review team and the ARP Council of, of Advisors. Who's involved in these uh, uh, committees? Yeah, DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and it's a project again. As I always say over and over, if I accomplish nothing else as mayor, the one thing I'd like to do is end racism and prejudice in Erie, because I think we can't even imagine what an incredible community this would be if everyone was accepted, regardless of the color of their skin, their religion, their race, their gender, uh, their nationality. If we just accepted everybody, it, it, w- it would be incredible. So, and that's what the DEI, what the DEI project review team is going to come in. They're, they're a consultant that we, we have hired that's going to come in and evaluate city policies and procedures in case there's things that discriminate against people that we, we don't even know about that's built in over the years. Uh, the ARP Council of Advisors is going to review all our proposed uses of the funds we were just talking about, and they will. it's a very diverse group also. We had the first meeting with them earlier today, actually. And these are Erie people or are these outside people? Okay. No, they're all Erie people. They're a very diverse group. They're a very knowledgeable group in terms of what they do for a living and, you know, their professions. And we're going to take about once a month, they'll be meeting and we'll be taking to them these projects that we want to fund. And they'll evaluate them and tell us, hey, that's a good one or that. No, I wouldn't do that. We'll, We'll take their input. So those are two important teams, the DEI Project Review Team and the ARP Council of Advisors, especially for the next couple of years here. Let's look uh, at downtown and the downtown renaissance uh, north of Perry Square there. Uh, again, uh, we've, we've been enjoying uh, eating at the food hall, but that's not the only thing going on, you know. It's certainly not. You know, across the street from that is the Beacon Communities. Uh, the, they, they own the Richford Arms which is a very old, mainly senior living area. They're going to invest $25 million wow. into that, into Richford Arms. They're going to add some apartments, but they're going to really remodel every apartment, make it better, make it more kind of up-to-date. And that, so that block right there is going to be uh, transformed. Of course, right across the street from that to the west is what we were just talking about. There's a lot of great work going on. There, the Erie Downtown Development Corp, of course, is doing that, as well as the other two blocks. John Persinger, who I've known for a long time, is heading that up, and they're they're doing incredible work. And again, I got to tell people, if you haven't eaten at the Flag City Food Hall yet, get downtown and give it a try for lunch or dinner. It is it is incredible. Uh, and then there's two other the two other blocks north of th- those two blocks are under construction. The one between uh, Peach and State. Yeah, I think it's a. They're erecting a new building there. It's going right. up. It's up about two stories already, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to be an incredible place, also. Uh, so, and across the street from that, they're doing a lot of work inside there. They're creating uh, downtown apartments that are incredible. I had a tour of them there, and, and also above the like the, the uh, flagship city food hall. There's some incredible apartments there, and they've already started to rent those out. And uh, that that's that's uh, 
really going to be a neat, those four blocks are going to be incredible. I think Erie can really grow from there then. Yeah, be, uh, honestly, uh, you know, waking up with a view of Perry Square and, you know, and the sun rising in the east. I mean, there's some gorgeous vistas uh, oh. happening there. Uh, I got to ask you, you know, it's towards the end of the show here, but we got to ask about Lurda. Where are we at with, uh, with the, uh, you know, the tax abatement program? Yeah, Lerda has been, has been going very well. I'm very proud of that. We're up to uh, it, we, it's been it's been in place about two and a half years. And when we first set it up, it took a year and a half to get. We had to get the county and the school district to agree to go along with it. And they, as we approached the agreement, they said, "Hey, how are we going to measure how we're doing? If if this doesn't work, we need to be able to end it." So th- they they suggested let's set a twenty million dollar goal for the first two years. And if we don't hit that, then we get back together. Well, I'm proud to tell you that in the first two years, we hit almost $100 million. We were just wow. under that. I was hoping we'd hit that. We were just under it, though. And right now, we're just under $140 million. We're $139 million and some change. Wow. Uh, it really yeah, jumped we, up. Yes. And we've had 282 <laughs> new permits. 85 of them were for commercial buildings. 197 were for residential. Yeah. These are all things that are being changed. And what this does is it puts off the tax for 10 years mm-hmm. from when the construction happens, but then the tax will go up. And a lot of these have been under construction now for a couple of years. So eight years out, we're going to see a lot more tax revenue coming in from real estate. Really, really remarkable stuff. Mayor, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, the okay. state of the city, we really uh, appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, here's to 2022 and, and the, your new term. Thank you so, Thanks so much. much. You got appreciate it. it Joel. Thank you. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.